corporate conglomerates stand to become the largest landlords in the country amid mass evictions. All right, guys. Today we're going to talk about something that's been flitting in and out of the news for really the last year. Um, the eviction moratorium and the looming mass evictions that people have been on the precipice of in varying degrees according to if the administration, be it the Trump administration or the Biden administration, was going to extend the eviction moratorium. I believe a couple of weeks ago there was a big hullabaloo on the news media with Cori Bush, a Democratic representative for the 1st District of Missouri. She was in the news um, on strike, on protests with a bunch of other activists when it looked like the eviction moratorium was going to come to an end uh, without the Biden administration doing anything about it. You know, they were so caught up with the fucking 1-6 investigation that somehow it slipped everybody's mind that you had millions of people that were potentially going to be evicted in a matter of days. So anyway, as a result of that, as a result of a large grassroots movement all throughout the country, the Biden administration ended up extending the eviction moratorium until I believe the beginning of October. And obviously for a lot of people, that was a inconceivably large uh, breath of fresh air. That was a serious reprieve for a lot of people that were struggling to pay their bills, incredibly worried about making rent. Some people already several months behind. But, you know, I think a lot of people thought that they were out of the woods for a little bit, felt that they could, felt that they had the time to get their shit together to hopefully be able to pay rent or to get caught up or to get some more revenue stream coming in as places begin to open up again. Unfortunately, we were wrong about that. Activists were wrong about that. The eviction moratorium came before the Supreme Court where it was struck down as unconstitutional that the CDC had overextended its constitutional rights by imposing a eviction moratorium. So now it looks like that eviction moratorium that people were desperately, you know, clinging on to that that was their really their only lifeline is kaput. And of course, while this eviction moratorium did help a lot of people, it didn't stop foreclosures and it still didn't stop a lot of evictions. And as a result of these mass evictions and foreclosures, we've seen a incredibly disturbing trend in the U.S. where large corporate conglomerates have been buying up huge amounts of rental properties and not only rental properties, but beginner homes for prospective homeowners. And now this is a topic that I'm sure a lot of other YouTubers, streamers, and content creators have touched on. The fact that giant corporations have been buying up a large amount of rental properties in foreclosed homes. But I wanted to take a little bit to share this article here with you guys says exclusive report details corporate landlord gluttony as millions face evictions and this is from common dreams so as always i'm going to go down this a little bit and read some of it for you guys i'm going to read a little bit more than usual and i have another article i want to touch on as well give you a lowdown on this and then we'll talk about it a little bit after despite their loud public complaints to lawmakers about the supposed economic hardships caused by the CDC's now terminated eviction moratorium, large real estate companies have privately touted their solid performance during the coronavirus pandemic, and they've rewarded their CEOs with major pay increases. Oh, yeah. I guess we could have guessed that, huh? Shit gets hard for the working class man, and, you know, they, and they still be pushing out fat bonuses for fat cats, huh? 
A new report provided exclusively to Common Dreams by the government watchdog group Accountable.us shows that large corporate landlords have reported strong or stable, quote-unquote, earnings to investors in recent months as millions of people across the U.S. worried about losing their homes. Thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling against the eviction moratorium on Thursday, millions of people are out now at imminent risk of eviction. Now, this next part of the article here talks about just how much money these large landlord companies have been making, how much they've been paying their CEOs, and how much property they stand to gain as a result of these looming evictions. It says here, one specific example of the new analysis cites is Equity Residential, an investment firm that represents 20% of the apartment real estate investment trust. According to Accountable.us, the company reported considerable positive momentum, collected 97% of its expected residential revenue in quarter one of 2021, and pulled in over $2.5 billion in rental income in 2021, even with the moratorium in place. So despite the fact that millions of Americans weren't paying their rent, they had a legal right not to pay their rent if they were unemployed during the duration of the pandemic. Despite that, this company, Equity Residential, a massive corporate landlord company, still pulled in $2.5 billion fucking dollars in rental income. That's insane. goes on here. In 2020, Equity boosted its CEO's pay by over $1 million to $7.6 million dollars. Equity Residential was hardly alone. Mid-America Apartment Communities, which represents 13% of the market, one company, Mid-America Apartment Communities, represents 13% of the market. That's a fucking free market for you, all right. And is the largest U.S. apartment owner. Said its balance sheet was in great shape, (laughs) quote-unquote. We're doing great. Collected 99.1% of its billed rent and boosted its 2021 earnings outlook by nearly $30 million in mid-2021 due to, quote-unquote, strong rent growth. I wonder how much of that strong, quote-unquote, rent growth is people that got their houses foreclosed on because they didn't have a job and the unemployment wasn't enough for them to get by on, so they had to sell their fucking house or had it foreclosed on, so they had to rent. So that's good for them. Less homeowners, more renters. Awesome. Good business model. A final segment from this article here for you guys. Quote, unquote, millions of poor and working class people, black and brown people, women and families will wake up tomorrow at risk of eviction with no place to go. That's from Tara Rugavir, People's Action, an uh, activist group that's been involved with the rental moratorium. Says Accountable.us notes its new report that the National Association of Realtors, which has spent more than $18 million on lobbying so far this year, has donated nearly $100,000 to Pat Toomey, representative of Pennsylvania, and Mike Crapo, <laughs> Mike Crapo, Republican of Idaho, two outspoken opponents of the eviction moratorium. Democratic lawmakers have also recently benefited from the real estate industrial cash. So while they were touting that they were trying to do this 1-6 investigation, it's my guess that the reason why they weren't focusing on that eviction moratorium sooner, not that it fucking matters now because of the Supreme Court, was because of that $18 million in cold hard cash 
that the Realtors Association was dishing out. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Pat Toomey and Mike Crampo uh, really were against the eviction moratorium. You know, lying in their pockets to the tune of $100,000. Probably had nothing to do with their position on it, huh? And, of course, Democratic lawmakers raking in the dough. It's called the two-party duopoly for a reason. You know, more like the one-party corporate party oligarchic. But what do you do? So that's the situation we're in here, guys. Is we had the eviction moratorium. That was great news. Of course, it wasn't enough. It was a temporary fix to people that were, you know, sometimes six months to a year behind in rent. Um, you know, a Band-Aid to keep people temporarily off the street. The bubble was going to have to pop one way or another unless the federal government stepped in and dished out a lot of cash to pay for that back rent. But now we don't even have that. So much for Cori Bush and her big statement, sleeping on the fucking sidewalk and shit and all these celebrities showing up. Doesn't do a lot when you have a Republican, alt-right, theocratic, fascist Supreme Court now, does it? So now, these millions of people that are behind on rent, that many of them have not gotten their jobs back, are at risk of being on the fucking street. And as we've seen from some of this article I read to you, as more and more people are evicted, as more and more small landowners... Uh, small landlords are forced to foreclose or sell their rental properties. We have giant companies like Equity Residential in the Mid-American Apartments Community Company buying up anything and everything in sight. Not only them, but of course the infamous BlackRock Company, which I'm sure you guys have heard of by now. And speaking of BlackRock and conflicts of interests, like we were just talking about with these couple of Republican representatives that line their pockets with uh, the real estate industry's money, we got some good news coming out of the Biden administration, so I'm sure you're excited about that. Some major conflict of interest with the Biden administration and BlackRock Industries. Got this article here for you. Says BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, has become a prime example of the so-called revolving door between Wall Street and Washington. I love those fucking iron triangles, huh? According to Business Insider, at least three former high-ranking employees of the New York-based firm hold prominent roles in President Joe Biden's administration. Not that any of us are surprised by that, considering these are the same fucks along with, you know, fossil fuel, defense contractors, pharmaceuticals, that bankrolled his campaign. None of us are surprised that uh, these hard-working corporate folks got gigs with the Biden administration. That's that winner-take-all, you know. Biden nominated Brian Deese to serve as director of the National Economic Council. He previously served as deputy director of both the Office of Management and Budget OMB, and the NEC under former President Barack Obama. After his stint in the Obama administration, Deese joined BlackRock as global head of sustainable investing, according to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, so I'm sure that's good. I'm sure it's good having a huge real estate mogul on the board of one of the biggest real estate companies in the country on the National Economic Council of the Biden administration. I'm sure... I'm sure that guy's really looking out for the interests of uh, all us renters. <laughs> but that's not all. We got more, guys. Biden nominated Adelaide Adeyemo to serve as Deputy Secretary of the Treasurer. That's great. That's a great gig. 
I guess I'd call that a promotion. He also worked in the Obama administration first as a senior international economics advisor in the Treasury Department and then as the former president's deputy national security advisor for international economics. He later joined BlackRock as a senior advisor. You know, all these fucking titles they give these guys. Jesus Christ. If you didn't have an ego going into this corporate business or into politics, you fucking have one by the time they get done announcing you in a goddamn article or on the news. Fuck. And finally, we have another one. Vice President Kamala Harris's chief economic advisor, Michael Pyle, was formerly the global chief investment strategist at BlackRock, according to Bloomberg. Like his colleagues, Pyle also worked in the Obama administration and served in multiple roles in the NEC, OMB, and Treasury Department. BlackRock has also picked up a number of former U.S. government officials, including those who served in the Obama and Trump administration. In case you were thinking it was still about Republicans versus Democrats, newsflash, they're all in the same club. You listen to George Carlin? Fuck. As well as the Federal Reserve. Thomas Donilon, a former national security advisor to Obama, is now chairman of the Assets Manager Research Branch. Dahlia Blas, a former Securities and Exchange Commission who ran the agency's Asset Management Division under former President Donald Trump, joined BlackRock in May as head of External Affairs. That one's especially great. Somebody who worked at the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, you know, the people that are supposed to look out Make sure none of these corporations are doing naughty shit and stealing money, crashing the economy like they did in 2008. A former chair at the SEC is now a head of external affairs at BlackRock Industries, one of the biggest real estate moguls in the country. Good news. No conflict of interest there. So, yeah, guys. There you have it. Um, if you, you know, weren't in on the juice already and didn't know how government and politics and business works in this country, the United States, well, that there, this little bit I've read to you is a prime example. You go, you work for the government for a little bit. You do the bidding of the corporations that bankroll your candidates campaign. You do your job. You make sure to repeal regulations and then you get a job at BlackRock, at a big pharmaceutical industry, whatever it may be, and you get extra bonuses and a nice position, a nice little nest egg for doing your job. That's how the whole fucking thing works, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. And you know, I wish, you know, I know I'm being a little silly with this and, and, and putting on some satire and I'm wearing the shades or whatever and no, I haven't relapsed and no, I'm not hungover, I just felt like wearing the fucking shades. But, you know, I, I like to, you know, joke around and be fuck all with this show sometimes. But, you know, I wish reading something like this, I had a deeper sense of doom and conspiracy and holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. When I read about these sort of conflicts of interest in a Democratic, supposedly the Workers' Party administration, a bunch of corporate execs working there and jumping around between him and the Obama administration and the company. You know, I'd like to talk about these things like, holy fuck, guys. <sighs> I can't believe this is happening. And truly believing in my heart that we could vote this sort of shit out. But, uh, no, I'm sitting here making a joke out of it because it's what's normal. And that fact is incredibly fucking sad. But yeah, guys, this is what's happening. 
there was the pandemic. All these corporations, uh, you know, did tantamount to what is kicking people out on the street. They kicked them out of their jobs. They lost their incomes. Their homes were foreclosed on. Uh, before the first eviction moratorium, a lot of people lost their homes. We put the eviction moratorium in place to try to stop it. But now it's gone. And now you got potentially millions of people that are going to be joining the already 500,000 to a million people on the street. And I can't even begin to tell you what that's going to fucking look like. What sort of burden that's going to put on our social infrastructure? What sort of political instability is already going to be heaped on top of this already boiling fucking pot? But yeah, this is how it works. They crash the economy either through their gambling or mismanagement of a crisis like this. Everybody loses their shit that they worked their whole fucking lives for. They scoop it up, and their companies get bigger, and they get fucking richer. They did it with small businesses. They did it with housing back in 2008. It makes you wonder almost if they orchestrate these fucking collapses on purpose. Because here's the thing. These giant corporations like BlackRock or Mid-American Apartments Company or, or Walmart, it don't matter how bad the economy gets because they get subsidies from the government. They don't pay taxes. Their size is so large and their supply chains are so pervasive and so well-oiled that they can weather just about any economic or natural disaster. But who can't make it through is renters, is people barely able to afford their mortgage, is small business owners. And this is what we end up with, parasites feeding on the very little that working people have left. Anyway, guys, I'm rambling here. Uh, I just want to read a couple of these articles for you and put a little bit of perspective about what's going on and what we're looking at. Uh, the eviction moratorium is gone, and with it being a Supreme Court ruling, I don't have any reservations about it's coming back. So, yeah, that's all I have for you. I'm sorry this video went a little bit long. As always, guys, it's great hanging out with you, and I'll speak with you again soon. Bye. Yes, I know.